Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Every week, we attempt to explore some location in the world using only the power of the internet from our cozy nook here in New Jersey. Yes, and it's episode three, and it's Wednesday. From now on, you can expect a new episode from us every Wednesday. Yes, we are very excited to bring you this podcast weekly. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you would take time to rate and review. Yes. Now, John, what's keeping you cozy? The thing that's keeping me cozy as of late uh, are buttons. Buttons? Yep. It's a level of convenience that I usually take for granted, um, but they are always very dependable in my my experience. Um, they're aesthetically pleasing. I've rarely seen an ugly button, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, plus, I, I really like the way the word button sounds. Mm, yeah, it is a great word. Button. So, John, do you think buttons or zippers are a greater invention? That is so tough. I would have to go with zippers. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Why? Just from the sheer amount of speed associated with them. Mm. Um, But I think that they work really well in conjunction with each other. Uh, like having having a zipper uh, with with a button is is a great way of um, either having having a coat or or pants. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So Jackie, what's keeping you cozy? What's keeping me cozy this week is apples dipped in peanut butter. All right. So what's uh, what's significant about apples dipped in peanut butter? Well, it reminds me of when I was a child, but it's equally delicious as an adult. It's also a very easy snack to prepare, so you don't need to get out of your cozy mindset in order to have it. Nice. Now, uh, did you ever try the trick as a kid uh, of uh, being able to see the star inside of an apple? What? No. Yeah, there's this really cool thing. If you, if you cut an apple... Uh, in, uh, in half. Um, so like if you go from, from the middle of between the top and the bottom, uh, that, that half, uh, you can actually see a star in the middle of the apple. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. We'll have to try that later. No question for you. Do okay. you, do you prefer crunchy or smooth peanut butter with your peanut butter and apples? Ooh, great question. So I do think that crunchy peanut butter definitely has a purpose, But with apples dipped in peanut butter, definitely the smooth peanut butter. All right. Nice. You know, we were thinking we'd love to hear what's keeping you cozy. If you'd like to send us an email, you can at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. We'd love a note or a photo of whatever you define as cozy, and we'd love to hear from you. So, John, shall we get into the episode? Let's start. All right. Let's go. So our explorations today take us to the Berkshires. You know, John, until I began researching, I didn't realize how many different things the Berkshires meant. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a vast swath of land, mostly in western Massachusetts. But it even goes into northwest Connecticut. The portion of Connecticut is mostly referred to as the Northwest Hills or 
Litchfield Hills, but it is technically part of the Berkshires. Today, we will mostly be focused on the western Massachusetts portion, but I was surprised by the fact that it was in Connecticut, too. Yes, um, me too. Um, We were not able to find the acreage of the entire Berkshires online. Yes, but Berkshire County in Massachusetts is 605,437 acres, which is about 1,211 Disneylands. 40% of the entire Berkshires are protected land, and according to the Smithsonian, the biggest tourist draw is the fall foliage. Ooh, I would just love to stay at a little bed and breakfast in town and wake up, grab my pumpkin spice latte and a croissant at the nearest cafe, put on my coziest sweater, grab the nearest dog, and go on a crisp fall drive. Uh, well, there's a lot more to do than simply drive and look at trees. You don't appreciate the majesty. That's the fall. (laughs) You're not invited on the drive. I mean, I like orange, red, and brown when they appear in leaf form, but uh, it's just hard for me to get excited about... uh, Well, you better find a way to get excited, (laughs) or else no pumpkin spice latte for you and no matching sweater either. Oh no, what will I do? (laughs) For for me, the real majesty is not the leaves changing color. It's that the trees are there at all. Um, the Berkshires represent one of the greatest environmental revivals in history. Before uh, the Erie Canal was built, the forests of the Berkshires were cut down and wild animals were hunted to extinction in the area. All of this was done to support the farms and the farms were there to support the cities on the East Coast. After the Erie Canal was built... The farmhouses were abandoned because people could get their food from western states. Then the forests grew back, and the animals were either introduced back or they came back on their own. Oh, I bet the animals appreciated the fall foliage. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a part of their ecosystem, so they would appreciate it. Um, I just think it's probably a place I could visit year-round, not just the fall. Yeah, I, I think the warmer no- months would be nice because it is a part of the Appalachian Trail. I bet it'd be really fun to go on a hike. And one of the really cool things you could see uh, in in those hikes uh, in the forests are the abandoned farmhouses from a long ago. Ooh, I bet that would be spooky in the fall. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to make a trip of it um, when the pandemic is over and it's safe to travel again. You can look at the leaves, and I can jump out of an abandoned house in the middle of the woods to scare you. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it captures the season nicely. Oh, I don't think scaring me is on brand with our cozy aesthetic. I I suppose not. You know, speaking of not cozy, did you see that during the year 1775 to 1776, Henry Knox and a Continental Army force brought captured cannons from Fort Tigana all the way to Boston? (laughs) Yes, from Ticonderoga to Boston. Uh, I had heard about that. Oh, Ticonderoga. Got it. (laughs) How did you think it was pronounced? Look, I'm not good at pronunciation. I probably never will be. It wasn't until the Harry Potter movies came out that I knew my beloved Hermione was actually named Hermione. (laughs) You and uh, Victor Crumb both. Um, so uh, they traveled uh, 
through the Berkshires, not not uh, the Harry Potter characters, but the um, oh, the, the I, was say, I didn't see that part in the books. <laughs> I didn't know they came to America. Uh, no, the 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 uh, the Continental Army uh, traveled through the Berkshires in the dead of winter uh, with cannons. They had to move sixty tons of cannons, so also not cozy, uh, and it was very very cold. So like that's the least cozy thing. It was called the Noble Train of Artillery, and it took them forty days, which is forty more days than I think they were hoping it would take. Uh, yes, uh, speaking of the olden times, the Berkshires was also home to the Hancock Shaker Village. Uh, sh- should we take a quick break and uh, talk about this when we, we return? Yeah, sounds great. We'll see you in a few after a word from our sponsor. Mm-mm-mm. Jackie, are you eating on a podcast? What are you eating? You know, I'm so glad you asked, John. I'm eating apples dipped in peanut butter. If you're ever looking for a snack that's both sweet and nutty, this really ticks all the boxes. You know, it's loved by parents and children alike because there's nothing more delicious than a crispy apple paired with smooth, wonderful peanut butter. Plus, it's healthy, too. And if you're allergic to peanuts, you can try it with almond butter or sunflower seed butter, which are equally yummy. Here, John, give it a try. I'm not going to eat anything on a mic. Oh, oh, come on, John. I'm not eating. Charles, Charles, cut my mic. Cut my mic. Cut my mic. Wow. That is delicious. Hard to listen to, but it is delicious. It sure is. Apples with peanut butter. Get snacking today. So Jackie, the Hancock Shaker Village is the oldest continuous working farm in Western Massachusetts. I saw that. You know, I had never heard of the Shaker religion before. Their full name is the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing, and it seems to be a form of Christianity. Uh, Yes, they were called Shakers because they would tremble during their services. Mm. Um, Do you know what? Uh, you can do in the Shaker Village? Oh, it looks like a fun place to visit with a lot of history. There are 20 historic Shaker buildings and over 22,000 Shaker artifacts. You can even go on a hike. Also, some museum educators dress in Shaker clothing from the 1830s. This seems to be quite the unique experience. Uh, Speaking of the 1800s, there is a place built in the early 1800s called the Sedgwick Pie. Mm pie? This pie is actually a cemetery. Ah, I was hoping it'd be blueberry. Uh, it was uh, it was built for the Sedgwick family uh, and is a very rare orientation for a cemetery. The gravestones are arranged in concentric circles instead of rows and columns. And at the center of these circles is uh, buried Theodore Sedgwick, who was a Massachusetts Supreme Court justice and a delegate to the Continental Congress. Why did they build it in a circle? Because he wanted his family to face each other on Judgment Day. Oh my. Well, that's very specific. Where's this place again? Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Um, Now, I want to tell you about the town of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, where this is happening. Uh, They got three stop signs, two police officers, and one police car. No, they don't. Where did you see that? I did not see (laughs) that. I'm I'm actually quoting uh, the song. Oh, (laughs) got it, got it, got it. Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. It's the shortest 18-minute protest song you'll ever listen to. Uh, And if you listen to it today, you'll notice there's some problematic language um, that definitely shows the song's age. 
but it is remarkable storytelling and it gives you a nice tour of Stockbridge. Yes. You know, the church mentioned in the song is now the Guthrie Center at Old Trinity Church. Uh, it's become a place where you can hear acoustic folk music like Guthrie's um, in their uh, Troubadour concert series that they throw. Nice. Did you know that Alice's Restaurant was not actually called Alice's Restaurant? Uh, yes. Um, uh, I think you're quoting the song now, too. Um, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's actually called, uh, it was called The Back Room, uh, and uh, it's still a restaurant today, but now it's called Teresa's Stockbridge Cafe, formerly Alice's Restaurant. You know, I saw photos of what the restaurant's exterior looks like today, and it's so pretty. There are vines going up the walls, and it has a little sign that says Alice Avenue, which I think is an homage to the song. I definitely would like to grab a bite there. And then after my lunch, I would pick up a piece of hot blueberry pie from the cafe <laughs> and head over to the Norman Rockwell Museum. Mm. John, do you remember when we had a chance to view the Four Freedoms in person at the New York Historical Society? That was such a great day. Oh, man. The the admiration and astonishment I have for that experience cannot be measured. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> you know, I would love to go to the museum in Stockbridge because it's filled to the brim with Rockwell paintings and history. His work just runs the full gambit of emotion. Um, some really happy, some really sad. There's a... There's a one that's a particular uh, example of the sadness is a, is a painting called The Problem We Live With. You know, one of my favorite paintings is called Going and Coming. It's where a family is in a car going on vacation and then coming back from vacation. So the top is them going, the bottom is them coming back. And I'm sure, as you can imagine, the difference in how everybody looks is pretty hilarious, especially the adults. <laughs> Every single piece that I have seen uh, tells a story. Yes, I love the level of detail. It's not hard to understand why he's legendary. Did you have a chance to check out the Norman Rockwell Museum app? I went through the entire virtual tour on the app, and I highly, highly recommend everyone do the same. Wow, I'm jealous. You know, I only made it halfway through the tour so far, but basically you can take an audio tour of the museum right from your couch for free as you look at pictures of paintings that they're talking about. And you know, one of Norman Rockwell's sons commentates on a lot of the art, and there are so many interesting stories. We can include a link to the app in the show notes so you can check it out. Um, what is something you learned from the tour? So when he first began painting models, he didn't take photos. He had them stand there live, but Sometimes the position he wanted them to stand in would not be very comfortable, so he'd do things like hang ropes from the ceiling to hold their arms up or put books under their legs so they wouldn't get too tired. I bet that looked so silly, and I just thought it was such a fun tidbit. What did you learn? Uh, I learned that in his image of Rosie the Riveter, she is resting her foot on a copy of Mein Kampf. Um, just like a really nice little detail. Oh, interesting. You know, there's just so much art in the area. There's the Barrington Stage Company, which is a nonprofit theater that developed the musical The 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, among other shows. And there's also Jacob's Pillow, which has America's longest running dance festival. And of course, the Berkshire Botanical Garden. Plus, there's a Yiddish book center that has a music festival yearly called Yidstock, which is a festival showcasing new Yiddish music. This barely cracks the surface of how much there is to do and see in regards to the arts. Um, Herman Melville's Arrowhead is in Lenox, Massachusetts. 
Um, you can also see uh, where he wrote Moby Dick. There's a back porch that has a view of a mountain range that looks like a whale breaching the water. Yeah, Nathaniel Hawthorne and Herman Melville used to go walking in the Berkshires together. And in Lenox, Massachusetts, um, is an area called The Mount, uh, which is designed by Edith. Edith who? Uh, you know Edith. No, I don't. Edith Wharton. I've got nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I hadn't heard of her either, but um, she wrote The Age of Innocence. Oh, okay. I think I was supposed to read that in school at some point. I will be honest. I went down a pretty crazy rabbit hole looking her up. Uh, apparently, she was born Edith Jones, and the expression keeping up with the Joneses was created for her family because of how crazy rich and educated and well-traveled they were. Um, mm. I am now reading The Age of Innocence because I was so interested in her life story. Oh, wow. So how's that book I definitely read when I was supposed to? Uh, really, really uh, satirical, but charming at the same time. Um, there is this quote that, uh, that has like a little bit of flavor of it. Um, there are only four great arts, music, painting, sculpture, and ornamental pastry. Architecture being the least banal derivative of the latter. Mmm, ornamental pastry sounds very cozy. Do you think Edith would have liked the Great British Baking Show when she was alive, or if she was alive today? Uh, I mean, they have a lot of ornamental pastry. Like, so uh, much ornamental pastry. Hard to speculate. Um, she was something of a Renaissance woman. Uh, she could speak several languages, and she was the designer of her time. In fact, the, her design book, The Decoration of Houses has never been out of print, and her house and estate, which is called The Mount, um, has to be seen to be believed. It's considered a mecca for design students. Uh, it has what can be described as almost primitive air conditioning, because at all points uh, of the day, sunlight is somewhere in the house, and it kind of warms it up, and there's a cross breeze um, through, through most of the house as well that keeps everything cool. Uh, it seems wildly lavish, um, but at the time it was considered a return to simplicity, which when you see it, you're like, what, what? I, oh, okay. Um, it sits on a garden that was designed with the house in mind, and each section of the garden is designed to look like a different outdoor room. Um, it combines a whole bunch of European design concepts and merges them all together. Wow, you know, you're really stuck on this person. She has another great quote uh, that mm. kind of sums up a lot of her design concepts. It seems stupid to have discovered America only to make it a copy of another country. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that is a very nice quote. And she was uh, the first female Pulitzer Prize winning novelist. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Shall we move on? And she started a company in France that made clothes for World War One soldiers. Nice. That's... Okay. okay. Um, and, and she was instrumental in dealing with the Belgian refugee crisis during the same time. Wow. I mean, all of these things, you know, John, <laughs> all of these things are very interesting and she sounds fascinating. And we're all excited that you are so fascinated with Edith. But as Charles told you before we started recording, this episode is not about Edith Wharton. It's about the Berkshires. So shall we move on to our community shout out after a quick break, please? Do we have to? Um, I'm really sorry, but Charles is shaking his head yes, so I think we have to go. Okay, fine. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after a quick word from our sponsor. 
I remember a time before buttons. That was nigh on 5,000 years ago. In that time, button makers have been doing some mighty fine craftsmanship to bring to humanity proof we all put our pants on one leg at a time and fasten them with a button. They can be shiny and or decorative in all sorts of fun colors and shapes. My personal favorite is round and black. They make it a heck of a lot easier to put on your clothes and make them fit with a snugness that can only be described as a gentle hug. They offer a level of security you just can't get anymore. But Grandpa, what about zippers? They seem pretty secure and they are way faster too. I thought I raised you better than that. Buttons are so easy to repair. A $5 sewing kit and a two-minute YouTube video is all you need to restore a button. <laughs> I'd like to see you repair a zipper that easily. <laughs> Newfangled technology. Buttons teach self-reliance. I guess you're right, Grandpa. Of course I'm right. Plus, buttons can be used in the coming zombie apocalypse. What? Grandpa? Grandpa, you're scaring me. Not as scared as you're gonna be when a liter of uncontaminated water costs you 23 buttons. Then where you gonna be without old Grandpa's button collection? Can you really remember 5,000 years? Yep, and a few more into the future. (sighs) Buttons, we clothe you in security in uncertain times. Thank you, Buttons, for sponsoring this podcast. Let's get back to the show! Every episode, our producer Charles likes to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is the Berkshire Historical Society. Yes, according to their website, the Berkshire County Historical Society is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to collecting, preserving, and disseminating the history of Berkshire County in western Massachusetts. In addition, the Berkshire County Historical Society is committed to the preservation and interpretation of Arrowhead, home of author Herman Melville. There's so much amazing history in the area, so it's really wonderful to have an organization that's focused on its continued preservation. They also have a writer-in-residence who gets to use Herman Melville's writing table and look out the same window as he did while he was writing Moby Dick. How neat is that? Yes, that's very neat. Unfortunately, you are currently not allowed to visit Arrowhead because of the pandemic. But if you'd like to support the Berkshire Historical Society, you can do so through their website, berkshirehistory.org. We will include the site in the show notes. Well, that's all we have for today. If you have been enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you took the time to rate and review the show. Also, send us an email at cozynookexplorers at gmail.com and let us know what speed in keeping you cozy. We're always looking for new ideas and we'd love to hear from you. And as always, a big thanks to Charles, our trusty producer. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon.